Blog Talk Radio. Once again, to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of Folkconjure.com in Western North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will welcome our special guest, Deacon Millet of Altars.com in the high desert of California, bringing us today's topic on modern figural candles and spell work. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, and root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you've selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Kat? Hi. Thank you, Reverend James, for coming in as our announcer. Our uh, usual announcer, Clifford Lowe, had to go to a conference. He's been um, just um, jimming around the, the United States from one academic and astrological conference to another and he said this may be the last one of the season but um, we waving to him from afar so um, tell me James how are things in your world now we know you come to us he comes from scenic Teaneck, New Jersey but you come from somewhere in the wilderness of North Carolina how are things down there Things are going well. I've been doing a lot of work with um, actually making a lot of mojos and, of course, um, working some candles at the Candles Ministry. Um, <clears throat> but we've been uh, combining houses from our up, our northern home to our southern home, and we finally got that done, got all of our books up in place. It looks like a little mini library here. And um, we're finally getting back into the swing of things to more normalcy of how we used to live. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that you're a very active person and um and are you remind me a little of me, you know, you're one of those people who's always always juggling along on something. So Oh yeah, I know that that's like been... um this weekend we are headed to um Nashville, Tennessee, the Aroma G's Botanica to do reading on the on Saturday, the twenty ninth. So if anybody's in that area feel free to stop by. There, I knew there was something you wanted to announce. <laughs> <laughs> below the surface. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, things here at Lucky Mojo are proceeding um, apace. Uh, speaking of Clifford Lowe, our wandering planet, as it were, wandering through the zodiac, um, who is presenting at a conference this weekend, um, we just received an order from Clifford for, in the shop. And I'm going to tell you something. Clifford, I wish he had been on this show that we're doing now because he ordered a hell of a lot of figural candles, and the show is about figural <laughs> candles. So we're just going to have to um, talk on without him. But um, he 
is um, available for figural candle work, and we're available to fill his orders. I'll tell you, we've been sending out a lot of uh, mail order material, a lot of customers and clients, and so thank you all for your orders. And I've been working on the Endless Hypnotism Bibliography, which has turned into an idiosyncratic obsession at this point. And I will not sing, oh, do you remember Sweet Alice, Ben Bolt? And if anyone listening even knows what I'm talking about, I would be mightily surprised if someone knows what I was talking about who is not Nagashiva or Deacon Millet. Could they just say yes in the chat? We have a lot of people in chat today. Um, they're not going to say yes. If you have no idea what I was talking about, could you say no? <laughs> I, I, <talking> about. <laughs> I got four roses from... Uh, yeah, all right. Anyway... Um, do you remember Sweet Alice Ben Bolt is where the hypnotism bibliography is going, the place it never wanted to go to. Um, we're going to end up quoting George Orwell. All right, so having said that, uh, that's my Patreon stream, and I love working on these weekly web pages for patrons. So that's what I've been doing. And, of course, doing a lot of readings at Hoodoo Psychics. And... Um, Signing books. I think we've been selling a lot of books. And one reason I think we're selling so many books, Tony, I said no. <laughs> All right. Well, look it up. <laughs> don't you remember? It's don't you remember, sweet Alice Ben Bolt, not do you remember. It's even sadder than you thought. Anyway, Tony, I look it up. But Tony, Tony, I, hey, what you're going to look up is Dr. Flint, L.J. Meacham, Marina Flint, Catalepsy, and... Oh, don't you remember Sweet Alice Ben Bolt? You'll get a kick out of it. Um, anyway, I've been signing books, and one reason I've been signing so many books and we've been selling so many books in the shop is that Amazon, if you follow the um, the actual world news that you know gets filtered down through the media presentation system, Amazon is in trouble. They are losing sales. They are shutting down um there's warehouses that they had opened up, a whole lot more warehouses. They shut them down even before they opened them. There's a lot going on. As Contraband has often said, Amazon is um, having unionization issues. It has a new leader. He sort of led them astray. Amazon stock has fallen, 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 fallen. And Amazon, which used to be the biggest uh, company that ordered books from us has actually been overtaken by a British occult shop that now buys more Lucky Mojo books in a year than Amazon, which is really strange. So if you're in England, you can get our books now. If you're in America, you're going to have to come to us to get the books because Amazon is just not carrying them. Now, they have them listed, and they tell you you'll get them in three to four weeks or six weeks. Uh, if you buy them from us, we'll ship them right out. So um, I'm sorry to hear about Amazon's book department going down the tubes, but um, it's a shame because it was founded as a bookstore. And uh, I hate to lose the income, but I think we are seeing the end of Amazon's centralization of certain things. They're not trying to stock books anymore. Sad what but a, true. What a in Britain, if you don't mind me asking. 
Oh, I knew you were going to ask that, um, and maybe Shiva will remember the name. I don't have his. Uh, I talk about him all the time. Damn, I can't remember it, initials E and B. I don't remember his name. It's a. It has a person's name. They're in London. Uh-huh. Um, but they they buying cases and cases of our books, and um, we've also found another new distributor who may be. Um, uh, we, who may be giving us some more book play, but it's very sad because we really um, love doing. Oh, it's Bowditch, of course, Edward Bowditch. You see, it just takes a moment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, Bowditch books—they're buying them by the case over there for uh, in England. Funny, huh? All right. Well, that's my my uh, reality. Um, I'm working on a book which I may be publishing next next year, and I'm. Um, Involved in the planning for the 2023 Hoodoo Heritage Festival. All right. Um, how about you, Conjurman? What's up in your world? Well, things are, are busy as usual. I mentioned uh, last week that a lot of the clients that I've been working with recently have been uh, second-guessing clients. That is, people who are sort of rethinking, reassessing their lives, if you will. They're curious about what's going on. Like, is was this the right job for me? Did I make the right decision leaving my partner or husband or wife or whatnot? Did I make the right decision getting married? Like, the, a lot of questions that are about second guessing, and it's really interesting because people are thinking long term. A lot of readings are sort of short term. They're like, will we get back together? Am I going to get this job? Uh, very like, like I need answers for the next couple months. But recently, I would say over the past couple months. People have been thinking long term, and they've been really thinking about reassessing their life and rethinking the choices that they've made. And that's been kind of uh, the readings I've been doing, but also like prescribing really rituals to help them take control of their lives, crown of success work, money success work, love and crossing work. People are like, you know, I've I've made this choice in relationships. Have I been, made the wrong choice? Is that why I'm not as happy as I am? So lots of work about empowerment and strength. And so that's been really lovely. Uh, I only have one reading left for the entire month of November. So if anyone's interested, they can check that out. Um, but only one reading is, is left for the entire month. I also want to mention briefly here that uh, we're about to hit Mars retrograde in a few days, uh, which is a big deal. So uh, Mars has been slowing down, and it's in Gemini, and it's going to go retrograde, and it will remain retrograde for the next, for the entire year. For the rest of the year, it's going to be retrograde, and then a little bit in the beginning of 2023. And so this is a particularly nasty transit. We have uh, it's happening right as there's going to be an eclipse in a couple days. So it's a it's a astrologically really funky weather. So if things seem a little bit weird or bumpy in your life, uh, be patient. Look to see what Mars rules in your chart in particular, like it it rules the seventh house. You might find yourself getting in a few arguments or you might find yourself having some difficulties with the law or maybe court case that you've been fighting might have some type of backtracking that happens. Mars is basically going to reverse its track in the heavens. And so whichever 
area it rules in your particular chart, just be mindful that it will bring some tensions, reversals. It might slow things down. It might be like if you were progressing towards, let's say, Mars rules your fourth house. If you're progressing towards buying a house. You might find that the deal slows down or something along those lines. Or escrow doesn't go through. So just be mindful. Mars is retrograde is never fun. The next couple months are a little bit bumpy, but there's ways to manage it. Uh, there's ways to deal with it. Always good to be mindful of the weather so that you can take a rainy coat and an umbrella when it starts to rain. <laughs> I'm going to say that this would be a particularly bad time for those involved in Mars activities, yes. such as... athleticism, yes. um, any type of police forcing, that type of stuff for sure. Uh, this would be, yeah, yeah, athletics um, and the military, yep. um, police. Um, Blacksmithing. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was going to get a car repair. Um, yeah, car repair for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, farriers, watch your hands, you know. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> when Mars goes retrograde, um, it damages more than it builds, and that's a problem. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Mars is known for its high energy. It can also cause arguments. Like you said, when Mars is in good uh, play, good aspect, it's um, it gives you just a, a you know get up and go and all of that. But when it's in bad play, it can be a little um, argumentative, which brings up the negative, um, toxic aspects yeah. of Mars energy. All right. Well, that's... Thank you for the weather report. Um, and that's going to be a long-lasting one, folks, so just hang with it. Um, well, today we have um, a special guest, uh, Deacon Millet. Now, last week we announced that Papa Newt would be our special guest, speaking on modern figural candles. But called us or contacted us earlier today and said he just wasn't feeling well. He's under the weather and he begged to be excused. And um, Nagashiva and I were having our usual Sunday morning uh, coffee fest and repeated singing of, oh, do you remember <laughs> Sweet Alice Bedbolt? <laughs> or don't you remember, as the case may be, uh, which we do every Sunday now. And uh, and we invited him to uh, step in for Papa Newt, and he agreed to. And we began talking about modern figure candles with um, him, and he's got some great ideas lined up. So um, a quick substitute, but we're so happy to have you here, Deacon Miller. How are things in your world? Well, things welcome, are, are along quite nicely. Thank you, Countryman. Um, it's been gray and yucky in Baltimore, um, but... Uh, the weather is starting to moderate in California, which is a relief. And um, candles are burning nicely in both chapels, so um, no no complaints here. Um, just happy to be making it in this oddly horrific economy, um, which I can't imagine Mars retrograde is going to help. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's oh, not. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> How sad. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was just seeing stuff, some stuff in the news that's saying that now we're back to where we were in 2007 in terms of some statistical markers and, you know, little mm-hmm. economic um, notices. But that's not mm-hmm. great. 
And uh, yeah. oh, and UPS is um, going to be raising their shipping rate almost seven percent in December. Oh wow! wow. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Don't don't blame us. So, um, as, uh, just a quick question: Do you guys have any predictions in terms of Mars retrograde and Russia invading Ukraine? Any oh yeah, get worse. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that one of the big things that'll be revealed with Mars retrograde is that any sort of backroom dealing that was done is going to be undone. So we'll probably find uh, out that there was some sort of back channel that happened and then there's going to be an undermining of whatever agreement or whatnot was going to happen. I would also not be surprised if we start to see uh, a Russia reclaiming certain parts of the territory. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's not going to be it's not a good one. Not a good one at all. Well, in tough times, what do we do? Um we uh, burn candles and we say our prayers yeah. and we do our spells for ourselves, our friends, our clients, the world. So today our topic is Modern figural candles. So I'm just going to take a little moment here, and I hope no one minds. What does the word modern mean? Figural candles themselves are modern in the long year sense of it. Uh, they didn't even exist till around World War One, and um, so you know, 100 years, 120 years of figural candles. They didn't hit hoodoo until the 30s, 1930s, maybe in the 20s, but I I don't see any until around the 30s, 40s. In the 1940s, um, suddenly figural candles were really popular, and they were, uh, you know, poured into um, molds, and the molds were made of plastic, and this was what made figural candles really available. You didn't have to use a metal um, candy mold, you know, like those little chocolate rabbit molds. You know, you could actually um, pour the candle into a plastic. And so plastic is so cheap to make compared to a metal mold that although um, over time the plastic molds lost some form because the hot wax degraded them a little bit, they were very, very cheap to make. And by the 60s, these vacuum-formed plastic molds uh, were common. In fact, there was a, a company called Vacuform that made them. But they were always a little um, soft around the edges because they were made by pulling a vacuum with a softened plastic sheet onto a model, which was usually plaster. But they never got like the total details. It wasn't like making a plaster cast and from that making a metal cast. Metal molds were very expensive, so they fell out of favor. Then came along the silicone molds, and this is um, the up-to-date modern method of making figural candles. Silicone molds will show a lot of details. They'll last a long time. The problem is they're very expensive to make, and whereas you could have 250 vacuum molds of a little candle, like a a bride and groom candle. You have 250 of them. Each had a front and a back. There were little you know, dimples and dents. They snapped together. 
and um, then there were clips that held them. It was just, you know, you'd set them up in a frame, like, uh, you know, and then just pour, 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 and it was really great. You do. Um, the problem is that over time, the, the plastic begins to degrade. The wax is poured too hot. The plastic begins to warp. Candles aren't as good looking. But to make silicone molds so expensive that most people are just pouring, uh, you know, six or 12 at a time, and then they have to wait for them to dry. So mass production of figural candles has changed. It's become much more of an artisanal thing. And figural candles are often now high-priced because they are artisanal. So I wanted to set that background. Um, of course, the artisanal ones, especially if they're made of a of a very um, a good wax, like beeswax or a sticky petroleum wax that will really fill those little pieces, will come out very, very accurate-looking. And they're not sloppy at all. But the price of these candles has gone up. And not just because of the price of petroleum. You always follow the price of gasoline. When you're looking for the price of candles, look at what gasoline is selling for in your state by the gallon. And you can imagine your candles are going to be keeping track with that. But not just that, but the whole molding process has changed. And... um, This led to, especially in the early 90s, just a tremendous amount, the silicone molds, led to a tremendous amount of artisanal um, candles that really are almost like sculpture. You know, you just put them out, but you never burn them. And they don't come out of the hoodoo tradition, but they can be used in the hoodoo tradition. So I'm going to give you just one example. A beautiful female angel with a gauzy dress and two beautiful wings cast in white, very thin wings that you can see the light through. No one's going to burn that candle. It's a $20 candle or more back in the 90s, large 12-inch candle. They were used as uh, as a kind of uh, temporary sculpture, I guess you could call them. But... Um, those are the modern figurals that I'm talking about. Now, angel candles existed in more formed like a candle so that they'll burn cleanly down. The big exception being the crucifix candle, which never burns cleanly down, burns right down the middle and the arms fall off. But that became very popular in the 1940s and was first uh, put into the Master Book of Candle Burning by Henri Gamache, who actually was a woman named Anne Fleitman. And uh, she um, promoted these crucifix candles as to sit on the altar behind your moving candles, the candles that you were burning. And um, with that, I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millen. He's going to talk about some what he has to say about modern candles. Well, thank you. Um, I think that uh, what I find most appealing about modern candles is is the beauty of the designs um, and the amount of detail that is packed into them. There's there is just something um, quite stunning um, to me in looking at the the high quality beeswax candles and um, just seeing the artistry um, that goes into them. Um, What I see out in the world, though, is, um, you know, let's come up with with a spell to go with this kitty cat candle. Because it's cute and it's beautiful, and what's the spell for the kitty cat candle? And so (laughs) there's there's something kind of amusing about this idea that um, the 
the artisans are out there making all these beautiful and interesting candles and um, rather than sticking with the ones that make sense in our tradition, I'm seeing a lot of stuff um, on Instagram and things, you know, out in the social media world. You know, what neon colors can we do the candles in? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and just how, how detailed and strange can that be? And um, some of it works, you know. Some of the symbolism can, can be really... Um, quite, quite nice. You know, let's let's use figural owls for wisdom and um, things like that. But there's there's also just um, a level at which trying to cram any kind of candle you can into a magic spell, um, it, it it ceases to be creative and almost seems um, maddening. Um, so. Uh, so the topic is is of interest to me, and certainly I use um, figural candles in my my own work, um, the the skull ones in particular. Um, but uh, you know, that's kind of my my thinking is that I, I see them almost as as sculptures more than than utilitarian items to burn as part of spellcraft. Um, and uh, and maybe that's the way to think about them is is you know more as 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 wax sculptures um, than uh, yeah. There's a there's a thing I just want to jump in here because yeah. um, this kind of um, uh, these novelty candles they used to be called and novelty candles existed long ago. They were usually vacuum-formed, by the way, um, or in met- cast-in metal. Um, uh, the, uh, the the ones with the pilgrims on them and the choir boys, um, the turkeys. Oh. Uh, you know the kind I'm talking about? I mean, we've all yeah. seen them. Um, there were novelty candle companies that made them, and they often painted them with wax. And that's a whole other um, uh, painted wax they'll never be cheap enough to use in a production way because each one is hand-painted with wax. And so um, these were never used in hoodoo. I mean, let's be honest here. What root worker is going to say, yeah, I need three of those choir boys. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to do a choir boy spell, right? Yeah. Um, it just makes no sense. And a little... There's always the three of them. They hold sheet music, and they each have their mouth differently and opening. It's they're cute, you know. Um, oh yeah, I just can just see people, you know, saying I I, I want to burn the the pilgrim girl and the pilgrim boy. We're going to burn those candles to the ground. <laughs> I mean, you might, but it's not. It it so those novelty candles have always existed. And what's happening now is that home artisans are being able to make these silicone molds and silicone molded candles, and so they're making what would would have in the past been called novelty candles. But that's not a bad thing. But what you described, Deacon Mellet, searching for a spell to go with the candle, that's getting it backwards. And there's one other thing I'd like to say before I turn this over to Contra. For a candle to burn well, it has to have a good wick-to-wax ratio, and it should have a either a taper or straight sides or be conical in some form. And um, a lot of these candles, because they'll take a piece of sculpture and um, pull a mold off of it, 
they won't burn down the center. They'll, they're crazy. I, I know I got one that was a horseshoe. It was beautiful. It was painted to look like a rusty horseshoe with little bits of where the nail heads were. It was like little turquoise wax. And it was it was like a horseshoe, right? And it had a wick at either end. It pointed up and it had a little base and it said, good luck on it. I'm like, wow, what a cool candle. I lit it. And of course, the, it just fell apart because the curve in the horseshoe the wick followed the curve, sure, but, it, but <laughs> candles don't burn in a curve like that. It just collapsed, and um, and I went, well, that wasn't very nice, you know. So better to have a uh, like an old-fashioned block candle with a horseshoe embossed on it that says good luck, and that used to be a common type, um, not to try to make every little bit of sculpture into a candle. All right, uh, Conjurman, your turn. Yeah, I mean, I think Deacon Miller said something really uh, important, and he mentioned how there's a component of these that are that are tied to statuary, they're tied to uh, doll babies, if you will. And indeed, in many ways, we have very old recipes about using wax to make doll babies. And so there's an evolution in which the wax doll baby fuses with the wax candle and gives us the figure candle. These two sort of magical streams come together. And that's how I work with figural candles. They're a combination of candle magic with uh, doll baby magic. The way that you work with doll babies and the way that you work with effigies and the way that you work with candles come together, allowing you to do really dynamic forms of spellcasting. Now, that's not to say that candle magic is not dynamic on its own, but there's something about the ability to manipulate the candle over a period of time based off of what is represented and what you can do to it, and then burning that candle that really brings these two forms of power together. It's a tactile, earth-based form of magic combined with fire magic, and that makes it immensely effective. One example is the skull candle. Can you influence mm-hmm. someone's mind with a taper candle? Absolutely. You can take a taper candle, you can spiral your command on it, you can burn it on their photo, and you can speak to them through the flames of the taper candle. Wonderful work there. But now you've got a skull candle. You baptize it in that person's name. You carve your instructions in a spiral on its head, starting from the wick all the way over its cranium, actually putting those words into its mind. You've loaded the candle. You've carved out the bottom, and then you put in your herbs, your calamus, your licorice, your black tobacco, all to influence their mind. Maybe you want to curse them, so you put red peppers in there. You put black peppers in there. Or you want them to love you, so you put rose petals in there, Damiana in there. You cover it up, and then you don't burn that candle. You work that skull candle. You dress it and anoint it lovingly with oil or angrily with oil, depending on your intention, and you speak to it. You massage it. You turn it to face you or a picture of you, or you turn it to face the wall. You put it in time out, and you work it over several days before you even light the candle on fire. And then you let that thing burn down, really sinking your power into their very soul. This is what makes these figural candles so great. That combination of tactile, earthy, effigy magic with fire magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is what you're saying is something really interesting to me because I go back into the history of it and again as I said, modern is where you find it. 
But Candle is one of the earliest types that was made and sold for hoodoo and not for anything mm-hmm. else. And the others being a figure of a man or a woman, either clothed or naked, um, the figure of a devil, the snake on a column, the cross and keys, and, of course, the so-called image or member candle. And um, the member candle uh, being the genitals. And those are very old, but they almost never in the old catalogs would show a picture. You had to trust that they knew what they were doing, a male member and a female member. Um, They were often quite ugly. They had no idea what they were doing. They were just uh, awful. Um, So this is um, uh, a question, of course, how do you um, adapt these older forms to modern times? One of the things that's happened is the price of wax has gone up. The life-size penis candle, and um, we're not, you know, we're not going around measuring people here, but we'll just say the life-size penis candle is a lot of wax. It's a heavy candle, especially if it has partial testicles to make a base. So the mini penis now has become popular, and the mini penis is, you know, like three inches, two and a half inches. You can really quickly burn it, but then then the question is: Is that as penisy as a real penis candle? Right. So the the clash of economics and don't don't forget UPS is bringing their price of shipping up almost seven percent in December, and wax candles are the heaviest thing. You know, they're the heaviest thing unless you're shipping out giant lodestones and pyrite. That's going to be your heaviest product out of your out of your shop, and um, people are like, "But why is this candle ten dollars? Just a few years ago, it was seven, and a couple of years before that, it was five. Yep, that's it. So the use of these candles is also moderated by the expense of burning them. Many people yeah. would rather just have the candles there to express their witchiness. <laughs> and not burn them because at $14 a pop or $20 a pop, do they really want to burn that candle? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the uh, – and and the economy plays a big role here, but it's also a really practical and great way of working with candle, uh, figural candles, is not burning them. They're a phenomenal substitute for doll babies. If you don't have artistic skills to carve a wax doll baby – Get yourself a figural candle. An Adam and Eve figural candle works really well. If you want to influence someone long term, don't burn the skull candle. Keep the skull candle all in your altar. Have its own special space. Put it on a nice plate and work it. Work it over months. Work it over weeks. And that's perfectly fine. So it can go beyond sort of decoration to being an ongoing form of magical working. Same thing with a, a, uh, some, for love working. If you want to really join two people together, you can do a love binding work in which you move the Adam and Eve candle over a period of time closer and closer together. Then once they come close to each other, you bind them up with ribbons. You, you cover the entire thing with uh, oils and powders, and you place it on a love altar where it's surrounded with images of love, and you never actually burn the candle, but so long as it remains there and it's bound, it's perfectly a powerful form of work. I've done this as talismanic work. So there's several uh, talismanic 
spells that come from the astrological tradition that involve carving wax rather than making uh, silver talismans or necklace talismans. You actually carve wax figures, and I've used Lucky Mojo figural candles for that. And I've wrapped mm-hmm. it up. So, for example, one calls for a figural candle that you curse, so you could carve this person into wax and you want to destroy them. I've used a black uh, figural candle that I've then wrapped up in a black cloth and buried. Burn it. Yes. And, it uh, and, and that that usage is old also. One of the oh, yeah. the old ones that I know and I've mentioned, I learned from a guy named Papa Jim, long gone, um, character from Texas. Um originally from Indiana, uh, he would use a black figural candle of an enemy uh, and just beat it with a hammer till he just beat the, broke it up into pieces. Yep. And uh, to keep the pieces from flying all over, he'd wrap it up in black cloth, tie it, so that when you beat it, it just stayed inside the black cloth. A wonderful way to work, and it really is, I mean, it's uh, a lot of people say, oh, you're just psychologically, you know, taking out your aggression. But no, you're actually breaking this thing up, and it, if you baptized it and named it and done a good job on it, he would actually do it in a hole, like dig a grave for the candle, put it in in its shroud, and then just beat the hell out of it, and then pop the dirt back over it, and never burn that candle, never burn it. That was a, mm-hmm. just treating it as a... A doll. Now, there's another thing I want to talk about is Buddha candles. This is has to do with Orientalia or Orientalism. Um, there are many statues of Buddha that are very large in Asia, and to make them large, they usually make them with a wide base. So it's a seated Buddha, and if it's a hote type of Buddha, who's an um, obese Buddha, um, he's sort of a <clears throat> like a mountain shape. And if it's a um, one of the thinner Cambodian Buddhas, they're kind of like a, a tapered triangle shape. These uh, caught people's eye in the novelty candle world. Somehow, and again, this is, this is just a cross current of culture. People say, well, Buddha, it must be, um, it must be somehow exotic. So every occult shop would have Buddhas in them, even though the people were not Buddhist. And uh, especially on the West Coast, East Coast, and where there are a lot of uh, Asian people. And so making these into Buddha candles, and one of the cool things you can do with candles is use bronze powder to simulate gold. And so since a lot of these famous old Buddhas were gilded, you take and make a Buddha candle and then you dip it into gold. You can also dip it into green and make it like jade, which is kind of cool too. But Mm. then you can also varnish these candles so they really look shiny when you're done. You just put them in a clear varnish. Now you have a a, a candle that nobody in hoodoo would go, why would you be burning Buddha? Just think, I mean, you know, it just makes no sense. But people wanted those candles and they became a kind of a mark of exoticism. Uh, interestingly, they don't sell all that well in the candle shops. They end up being statuary in the candle shop. Some of these wax Buddha candles uh, go back 20, 30, 40 years. Nobody's ever lit them. It's kind of a funny thing. And why would you? Why would you want to be burning Buddha anyway? I mean, it doesn't make much sense. It is not something that you really see coming out of Asia. It's the American view of Orientalia. Mm, yeah. Statuary like that is very interesting. Certain spirits prefer statuary to be made out of wax. 
So you might have a connection for with a, for example, there's certain altars with Santisma Muerte candles made out of wax, and no one burns the candle. It stayed there as a statuary. Uh, so in addition mm-hmm. to, say, like her, her framed or novena uh, image or her uh, statue that people get that's usually made out of resin of some sort, uh, you'll also find uh, Santisma Muerte candles, whether the uh, vigil candles or the figural candles that she has. And those aren't burned, though. Sometimes they are in particular workings, but more often than not, they're sort of loaded, prepared ritually, and then left on the altar uh, as a as a statuary for her. Yeah. Now, Santissima Muerte, her form is such that she makes a good candle. She's sort of a yeah. tall, tall taper shape. Um, in the uh, chat, uh, Nagashiva said, uh, he has burned uh, these candles with a bronze powder on them. Didn't smell good and didn't burn well. I I agree. And um, the, we all, there also was mention um, of pyramid candles with the all-seeing eye, green pyramid candles. Those came in, I believe, in the 80s maybe, um, maybe the 70s. They used to have a copyright on them from whoever made them, and then somebody just took the mold and wiped the copyright off. <laughs> they were made by some hippie, I think, you know, um, Eye in the Pyramid, based on a dollar bill. Really nice candles, but, again, very heavy. And when you get down to the bottom, the wick will either go out or it'll just leave these four points standing up around it because right. there's not enough wick to move the wax. But they're kind of cool. I've I've sold them for years, and... Uh, and then found it difficult to get them and get them at a price that anyone wanted to pay. So then they started making little mini pyramids with eyes on them, of course, again, just making them smaller. And um, uh, the other one is, uh, that's a figural, Nagashiva mentions, is the seventh knob. People think of the seven knob candle as a, uh, you know, in the same as a regular freestanding candle, but it's not. It's a figural candle. The seven-knob candle is probably one of the very, very oldest uh, figural candles that was offered in commerce because people used to just mark their candle with pins. And so then the seven-knob came into being. In these modern times, if you go to Amazon and look for seven-knob candles, you'll find the old traditional seven-knob, which is seven big like balls or flattened balls, but you'll also find what I call the um, the anal bead candle, and this is an attempt to get around the um, the wax weight. So these are seven little well, it's anal bead candle. I saw you know you get what I'm saying. You don't. You'll see it and you'll say, "Whoa, that's not a seven knob candle the way I used to know and love them." <laughs> But so they are, you know. Um, so, so they're just odd looking, and and you know, again, wax is our limiting factor here. We all want to talk about magic, but when we talk about figural candles, we have to be realistic. There's a lot going on here in terms of um, what kind of spells are we going to be doing. If you're doing a love candle and you want to use a figure of a human being. That nothing else but that will do for you. You're going to anoint it, dress it. You're going to burn it as that human burns. If you want to tie two figural candles face-to-face, that'll be a good way to go. Oh, that reminds me. Um, one modern figural candle that really has met a need is the 
a kink topper type bride and groom, but it's groom mm. and groom or bride and bride. And these um, were uh, available for quite a while uh, out of um, Peru, hand-painted in the German style, because a lot of German people had come to Peru and taught people how to do wax-painted candles for churches. And they're beautiful. They're just lovely. They were quite expensive because they were hand-painted with wax. And um, when COVID struck, they went away, and nobody has been able to import them. They're gone. They may still have them in Peru, but I have not seen them in America. My supplier cannot get them, has tried now for two years to get them, and can't. So um, we're hoping to get some just plain colored wax groom and groom and bride and brides out pretty soon. But that's one of those things that, again, it's a small niche market. How much do you invest in the mold? How much do you invest in the wax? You know, you, when you order candles from a maker, you have to be ordering usually 50 to 100 of them for the, for them to have it worthwhile to make a pour. Otherwise, you have to pay retail. So there's a lot in the world of candles that's been upended in modern economy as well as modern thinking. Mm, yeah, yeah. One of the good things about if you're particularly if you're thinking about the economy when it comes to things like wax, right? Like you're spending a lot of money to get this figure of candle, you're burning it, uh, and then you're like, okay, I just <laughs> spent ten bucks on this candle or twenty bucks on this candle. One of the things about figural candles, and again, this is what makes them so kind of unique, is that they do leave quite a bit of wax. They don't very rarely have I seen big candles burn completely clear or clean. Mm -hmm. They do, they don't, but they leave a lot of wax, which means that you can reuse that wax. And so what I've done, for example, is I've done a, uh, a love spell in which I use a figural candle of a man and a woman, join them together, seven-day working in which they were moved closer and closer together, letting them burn little by little by little, and then they were bound together and burned all the way down. Then I was able to use the wax, because there's so much left, you can first do really good candle divination, probably some of the candle divination comes out of this because there's so much wax you can look at the way that it flows if the candles flow together they flow apart um how did they burn what are the images left in the pool of wax you can then remelt wax and make new candles so what i did is i make smaller four inch candles from the fusion of these two and i burned it on a honey jar over the next two weeks so i was able to make these little four inch candles very small and i used that so that's one way you can do it. It's repurposing that wax, but it also continues the spell that continues the working that you're doing, extends it even further than the, say, the seven days or the three days or the one day that you burn that candle. So you can reuse the wax, particularly if you want to continue the working. You, want to re- you can make a new candle out of it and use that wax in future spells around that person. Or you burn that candle down, you make a smaller figural candle that represents the love of those two people and you keep it as a statuary or you put it in somewhere in your house you put it up on your mantle like oh this is a cute curio or if you want to be sneaky you wrap it in some red cloth place it under the bed and so long that it remains there the statuary remains there you two shall be bound together in love and in joy so you can reuse the wax because there's so much left and do some really phenomenal wax action mm-hmm that's true. I'm going to jump in with another one, remaking candles. So um, 
I'm an old candle maker, an old hippie candle maker. I made hand dip candles and I uh, made sand cast candles. And if you don't know what sand cast candles are, they're kind of cool. You um, you have some very fine casting sand, like the kind that you'd use for casting bronze or brass. And you um, you um, pack it in. To, you have a box and you pack it in, and then you you put your your item in there and pack the sand around it, and then pull your item out, whatever it might be, like a um, Oh, like a cauldron, for instance, on three legs or whatever it's going to be. You pull that out and you pour the wax in. The wax uh, is hot and it'll go into the sand and it'll make a um, a rim of wax. The whole thing is now encased in sand and then it's pure wax on the inside. And um, we used to make this. And you carve the sand to make little holes like little windows. Just look for sand cast candles. We, I, I used to make these. They were a lot of fun. Well, when you're uh, using... Uh, figural candles and and sandcast candles you do end up with a lot of wax left over so i learned how to remake candles spiritually now i'm not just talking about reusing wax turning it in and recycling it but the wax from a love figural candle can be used to cast another love candle or it can be used to dip a uh, candle or to over dip a candle in other words um, you might have a white um, six-inch candle, you're going to overdip it with pink that was left over from your bride and groom candle. So never throw away wax unless you're really craftless. <laughs> I mean, if you, but, but if you're a crafty person, you can reuse every bit of wax and just keep on making yeah. more candles. You can also use the wax to roll candles with herbs in them and with um, powders and stones and whatever in them. And you can also use the wax to make candles that are cast in tin cans. Um, very common, old-fashioned way to work. And you'll end up with some nice, big, fat soap pillar candles. And you might want to put three wicks in a tomato soup can uh, candle. But that candle now will have been made with all of the wax left over from your seven, seven-knob love candles. So it's like self-consuming at the end rather than throwing it at the garbage. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of reusing wax in that way. As I mentioned, I, I did workings in which I reused the wax of the figure, like I mentioned, and remade the candles. It's also a really good way to do sneaky tricks. So one thing mm-hmm. that we did is I, I did it for a breakup spell. I burned down breakup candles, uh, big, breakup figural candles, divorce candle. Really great. Love that particular candle. It's probably the, the figure candle I buy the most. <laughs> Uh, I should say maybe that's not a good thing to do, but it's you know it's the type of work I do for clients. So I, I'm a big fan of that particular candle. But what I did in one is I burned it down over several days, and the wax that was then left I repurposed by pouring into uh, a jar and recreating a sort of new, a candle gift. So there was a wax, there was a wick in it. We re-wicked it. We put it in a beautiful, colorful jar. And it was gifted to this particular couple as a sort of house gift. Here's a candle for you. <laughs> burn it whatever you want so that they would burn the candle in their house. And they never knew why they were fighting and bickering so much. But suffice to say, they did break up and get a divorce within four weeks of the candle being gifted to them. Um, and, they, and that's one way of using wax as a sneaky trick. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. That's wow. nice. That's very nice. Um, so, um, we, we've come up with a lot of different ways to use figural candles. And I hope that, you know, this is the kind of information that you all want. Um, 
Nagashiva just pointed out another one, gargoyle candles. So uh, this comes out of uh, out of Abby's Candles, a long-gone company. Abby was a woman. That was her real name. She lived in Arizona. And she cast candles for some of the big companies like um, uh, Indio back in the day when Marty ran it. And, um, and she loved to do candles based on statuary. She would pull a vacuum mold and she could do these really cute little gargoyles and she'd hand make them she'd swirl in the white and the black and make gray stone like granite it looked really great and she also made lovers candles that were based on um the statue the kiss by rodin and she had a you know come replicas come of it in various sizes and she made this candle of it the the gargoyle candles didn't burn as neatly but they're very very cute and she came up with the idea, because I said to her, oh, Jesus, so cute, but how, how do you use them in an occult context? And she said, well, you know, the gargoyles sit on top of the cathedral. You know, put four of them out facing the four directions and four corners, and they'll protect you. And I went, you know, that's not a bad idea, Abby. And so I, I began to sell them that way. And over the years, they've kind of, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few people who sells them. They're small. They're really little, and, and they're cute. Um, I call it gothic cuteness. But they, people do use them to protect a space while they're doing a spell in it. And that just came straight out of Abby's mind. She was a, a wonderful, creative person. The lover's candle, the kiss, um, is a very good shape. It, it's, again, one of these sort of... Uh, conical mountain shapes and burns very beautifully. Um, she made them in white and red for years. And then one day, you know, somebody came in the shop and said, why don't you have them in pink? And I went, I don't know. Why don't I have them in pink? So now, <laughs> so now we've got them in pink too. Um, and that's another thing, colors. When, um, when candles were much more difficult to get and um, the number of candle makers was small the color range was limited uh, seven knobs came in you know white green red and black that was it that's what you got and uh, skulls came in the same four colors and then anything for love would come in three colors white pink and red but uh, nowadays with people you know with these silicone molds that they, they can you know hey I'll I'll make you a run of purple seven knobs why not I'll make you a run of yellow ones and there's no reason not to the only reason is that it'll stain the wax of the next candle so you have to do uh, cast them in color order so that you don't wreck your um you know your white candle doesn't come out all funky yellow on the outside or something you know so there's a bit of, of finessing that has to be done when you're using silicone molds. But on the other hand, when you use the vacuum molds, you can just set them aside. These are all going to be used for red. These will always be used for blue. And there's no question of staining the wax. And um, I like um, uh, remembering people like Abby. She was so uh, unique and so um, helpful. To, you know, she had a big van. She the van was outfitted with shelves and she would just drive around from place to place and open the side of the van and there were your candles and she had um, equipment to make candles in the van and uh, so if you said well I'd really like to have you know more than the 12 you've got in stock of this you know 
black devil candle. She'd say, "Just hang on, come back in two hours." And she'd have them, she'd have them made. You know, not two hours, but she, they had to dry. But, but she was really um, a person who um, lived the life of a candle maker. Candle makers are a unique group of people in the occult world. If you are a candle maker or no candle makers, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of um, creativity and a lot of kind of bohemian weirdness that goes into being a candle maker. Um, and in the uh, chat, um, um, Nagashiva says the Baphomet candle, the modern Baphomet candle, that is um, after the artwork of Eliphas Levy. That is correct. And um, it's been made for years and years. And another one, the Master Hand Church Altar Candle, which is this big old life-size hand holding this pillar, those were invented and designed by a guy named Larry B. Wright in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he sold them to spiritualist churches all around the country. When he died, those candles kind of fell out of favor. Nowadays, I mean, the amount of wax in them they're like a massive investment, but they burn pretty well, and um, they are used to light other candles in a spiritualist church service. The master candle is lit first, and then you light the service candles from it. So, yeah, I I really do want to keep all of these different forms of candles available, and it's a it's not easy in these modern times, um, and you know when you when you think about it, how much does a spell cost you to do? If you're going to put um, a lot of money into herbs and oils and things like that, do do get some good candles. Don't don't just chunk along with four-inch chime candles. I mean, you can, but but a figure of a candle you can do so much more with. I mean, um, I, I'm going to tell you just a couple of quickies, you know. Many people who are angry at a man will take a figural candle and just whack his dick off. Um, and one woman told me she chewed it and spit it out, chewed the wax and spat it out. Oh, now, wow. you know, that, and then she burned the candle, right? And she called it the dickless wonder. Um, you know, so people tell me these things that they do with figural candles that are more, I guess you could say more intimate, not just expressing anger, but also expressing love. And and that kind of work is something that is um, points toward what is the most popular kind of spell work. For instance, many people say, oh, I want spells for fertility, but you almost never see a Virgin Mary and Jesus candle to burn. It's just not, they don't do it with candles. Uh, maybe burning it would be wrong. It's like burning somebody else's Buddha, I guess. But there's a there are spells that lend themselves to candle work, love certainly, because the idea of burning with desire, burning with the fire of love, is a very important kind of work. Money drawing is very nice. I like money drawing candles in which the figure of a candle, like the pyramid or the cross, where the wax falls and melts down onto the money offering underneath. Very old way to work. All right. Well, I hope we were able to educate and enlighten. Thank you so much, Contraman and Deacon Mellon, for helping. It was a great topic. All right. Well, let's see um, what comes next in our world. (laughs) Take it away, James. 
Thank you, Ms. Gatt. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritualist Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's clients. Our caller is Wickway is up in our chat room this evening, calling from area code 914. Wickway is up. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. You have called in before, and you have had no readings on the situation with Miss Cat, Deacon Millet, or Conjurman. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. I w- uh, she writes, I would like to know about my love life. Is it dead forever? Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. Whoa. Well, that's a very blunt question. All right. Now, which way is that? Um, let me ask you a couple of questions of my own to kind of situate you in the world. Um, what is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, hmm. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I would never say that a Sagittarius loves life is dead forever because Sagittarius are very changeable people and they will find new ways to be and new ways to live. But I'm going to read... Um, uh, the cards right now and just see what I get. Um, do you, uh, how long has it been since you've had a person to be in love with? Um, it's been years. Years. All right. Yeah, and I guess I years. guess I got one more question because um, I don't want to, you know, you don't have to tell me your whole life story, but do you get out and meet people or are you like, you know, in in your home all the time? No, I meet people, but I don't really meet people. I meet a lot of young guys, and I'm not young anymore. Mm-hmm. I just look young, but I'm not young. Well, I would tell you one thing about that. I don't know if you all know, I'm I'm 14 and a half years older than my husband, so broaden your horizons a little bit. I don't know what you call young. I mean, you know, but that, just saying, there's a, there's more of a of a span there than you might think. They don't have to be within two years of your age. All right, I'm going to do the cards. Um, so the first card I have is interesting because it's uh, basically your card, the Queen of Wands. And this is a fire sign woman. You're a fire sign. And this is a woman who is uh, uses candle magic. So what we were just talking about is kind of interesting. You might do well with candle magic. She has this wand which represents a torch. I'd recommend that, um, that when we get to the spell portion that that may be given note. She's dressed in gold and silver and she stands for a woman clothed with the sun and the moon. She has a lions and she has a cat. Lions for the daytime for the sun and the cat for the moon and the night. So what I see here is you do have power. You're not under a curse. You're not um, incapable, but you need to do some active work Keep your optimism up. She's holding a sunflower. It stands for the, the beginning of a bright new day, and that's good. So you want to, um, you know, every day when you greet the dawn, when you greet the morning, you know, say, today is the day I'm going to go forth and find love. I mean, make it your daily mantra. She's a card of optimism. She's a card of can-do. And it says to me that 
that that's uh, part of it. Uh, next card, I'm going to do three cards now. The next card is a great card. It's called the Judgment, and it shows the dead coming back to life. So here we have the angel Gabriel blowing a trumpet, and the dead come up out of their coffins. So um, this says to me that, yeah, you can revive your love life, um, but you have to be active about it. You might want to call upon uh, the help of a good spirit like Gabriel or an angel. Um, Gabriel is the angel who announces new things, and and that's a, a, a good angel to call on if you do work with angels. If not, um, again, you're just going to talk about your own life. You're going to be coming back to life, and you're going to, you know, Breathe deep and, uh, you know, give yourself some positive affirmations. Every day I'm I'm drawing closer and closer to the one I love. You know, that kind of thing. Third card is a card that says, one of the ways that you might meet somebody is in a situation where this uh, man uh, would be a... Um, Someone who was married. It's the King of Swords, and this is the guy who has two birds flying. Now, I'm presuming you're—I I don't mean to impose. You are looking for a man or a woman. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. All right. Yes. Well, I see a man here. I don't. You know, sometimes <laughs> I, I go out on the and I think, oh my God, did I say the wrong thing? No, it's a man. It's the no. King of Swords. So this man has two birds flying um, overhead, and he's his—he's he's holding his sword, but it's drooping. And I'm going to tell you, this is a man who was married, loved being married, and can't imagine himself not being married, so he might be a widower. His sword is drooping. It's not straight up. He might not be um, the most um, virile at this time in his life, but um, that drooping sword has a meaning, you know. But he's, uh, he's looking for a partner. So think about that. And his sign is an air sign. Very likely could be a any one of the air signs, uh, which would be uh, Gemini or uh, Libra or Aquarius. And so I, I look at this guy and I think he's he's out there. He's probably lost his mate, and he's a guy who hasn't lived without being mated. And so um, you might have to get him to adapt to your way, and he might. Um, take a little time to adapt to your way, but he's somebody who's single now. That's what I see. So I'm going to um, uh, turn this over to Deacon Millett and see what he has to say. Thank you. That was encouraging. <laughs> so I'm going to read here with uh, the Secret Takini Oracle deck, um, which... Uh, Lucky Mojo has, I believe, still in stock as the Tantra oh, yeah. Dakini deck. Um, nice old deck from the 70s with collages on them. And I'm going to pull three cards as well, and let's see what we get. Well, the first card is Shiva, Pillar of Fire. And this card shows a column of flame coming up out of the ocean, and it's infinite in both directions. You can fly and fly and fly to try to reach the end, and you never will. And this is a card of possibilities. This is a card that says, don't give up. There are so many um, possibilities still out there, and they stretch on to infinity. So um, really uh, an interesting card. It's also highly phallic. 
um, with this column of flame shooting up out of the ocean. So this one's definitely a viral car, um, without a doubt. So I, I would say that this is encouraging you to um, not, not abandon hope in any way and to realize that there are more possibilities than you think. Um, so I, I think it's saying to kind of widen your scope um, here. The second card is Soma. And this card shows a mushroom against a glacier, and the, the sun is rising side of this mushroom. Um, this, this is a tricky card because um, I associate it with the planet Neptune. I associate it with alcohol and drug use. Um, definitely, it, it may be saying be careful <laughs> um, of people who might have alcohol or drug issues. Um, it may also be saying get yourself to a bar <laughs> at that point. Too. Um, okay. it's, it's very hard to say. But um, this is also a card of dreams and of magic. And um, I think you need to do some, some dreaming about who, um, who the right sort of man for you would be. Um, and it, that doesn't necessarily mean in while asleep, you know, you should um, daydream, write down the qualities of the, the person that you might like, um, and uh, that will help attract them to you. That will help bring them out of the woodwork and towards you. Um, so this card almost leads me to say, think about the law of attraction and don't think about lack. Thinking about lack will bring you more lack. So don't think about the hole in your life where a man should be. Think about all the men who are out there who would like to be a part of your life. The third card here, oh, wow. Um, the third card is the Rose Garden, the most romantic card in the deck. Um, it just, it's a picture of beautiful pink roses, and um, it says, the future is very bright, particularly in terms of romance. Um, we can take it literally and say, you know, this card is saying in the spring is when um, you will find a man uh, that uh, you might want to get outdoors more come come the spring. Um, but regardless, it's a it's a very um, beneficial sign and one that leads me to think. Um, Optimism is definitely in order. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I I love the idea of the rose garden because that does give a sort of a spring timing to it. Um, all right. Well, we're going to uh, <clears throat> turn this over to uh, Contraband. He's going to give you some root work. And I'll bet you $10 it's going to involve candles and roses. <laughs> <laughs> But not magic you know mushrooms, me, probably. <laughs> you, you know me. You know me too well. You know me too well. Um, I, I will say one thing about here. You're a Sagittarius, so you're, the planet that rules you is Jupiter, and Jupiter is currently retrograde uh, in Aries, and it's not going to move back into Pisces until a couple months from now where it will finally go direct in Pisces. So you can start to see a shift 
at the beginning of December is when you'll see it. And with that springtime, that indicates to me that by December time, late winter, you'll start a romance. And then by spring, it'll be cemented into something meaningful and lasting. So that's the time frame you're looking at. But the shift is going to ca- happen in winter when you're the lord of your horoscope or the lord of your sign. Uh, which is Jupiter finally moves back into Pisces and moves out of retrograde. So bear that in mind. What I want you to do is take a piece of paper. This is root work that you're going to do sort of in multiple parts that works for really breaking out of the bad and drawing in new love for you. Take a piece of paper, fold it in half. On the left, write down all the things that are holding you back from love whether it's fear, broken romances, men that don't stick around, whatever it is that's holding you back, write it down. Be honest. Be brutally honest with yourself. On the right, write down all the things that you truly desire. Be honest. And only include things that are meaningful. So a person has to be sexually attractive to you, financially generous, etc. Write all those things down. I would then place this under my pillow and sleep on it to really tap into the dreams that Deacon Millet was talking about. And then the next day, revise the list. Repeat this twice so that you, over the course of three days, you finally refine this list into uh, the distillation of what's holding you back and what you truly desire. Then rip the list in two so that there's a left side and a right side. The left, I want you to fold up and place into a cauldron or a heat-proof bowl. Douse this with Florida water and light it on fire. Let it burn to ash and pray that all the things holding you back are driven far, far away. This is the torch and fire that Miss Cat was talking about. So we're quite literally lighting a torch here in a cauldron. Take the ashes and dispose of it at a river to carry out of your life. Dispose of it and don't look back. This is very crucial. No doubt, no hesitation, but walk away confidently. I'd recommend doing the burning down and the disposal on a Monday night when the moon is waning. That's a perfect time to remove things from your life. Then, for the right side paper that has all the things that you truly desire, start this working on a Friday when the moon is waxing and at dawn. So here we're working and dawn. That's the, the lions and the cats that we, we saw on the cards. So at the dawn, you're going to start this working. Take a lover's figural candle and inscribe it with your name and my ideal lover. Anoint this with come-to-me oil and love-me oil. Set it in a heat-proof dish and ring it with roses. This is the candles and roses. Ring it with some beautiful roses. Now, take the paper that you had written all the qualities you're looking for. Spray it with your favorite perfume, the thing that you usually wear. Spray it. Fold this up and place it under some type of sensor or thurible that you will burn incense on. On that sensor or thurible, you're going to put them come-to-me incense. Light the candle, light the incense, speak through the incense to this potential lover. So look through the incense smoke at the candle flame and speak to this person, this, this ideal person that exists out there and tell them, 
come to me. I have been waiting for you, and you have been waiting for me. We are right for each other. We want the same things. We desire each other. Wherever you are in the world, I am ready for For three days, you're going to burn this candle and this incense. On the final day, burn the whole thing down. Let the candle burn all the way. Let the incense go all the way. Then take the candle wax and a little bit of the rose petals and bury it in your front yard. This person is drawn to your house. Take the remaining ashes of the incense to the crossroads and blow it to the four corners of the crossroads, calling this person to you. Come to me from wherever you are and come to my house. Take the piece of paper, place it in your pocket or purse as you go about your life and as you're dating. Just a pinch of the rose petals that are left. Then, when this person finally shows up, and they are exactly as Miss Catherine Deacon Miller described, and you're like, oh, this is the person, what you're going to do is take a little bit of their hair, a little bit of your hair, wrap it in a red ribbon, place it into this folded piece of paper, move it from your pocket and purse to underneath your bed so that this person will remain with you and doesn't go away. Work includes fire and air to really tap into both your Sagittarius nature, but also the cards that were shown, that, that swords card is air, the wands cards are fire, working with both of them to draw to you the love that you seek. That's my recommendation in this case. So we're working with night and day. We're working with fire and air. All to you. And once they're there, we're going to get them to stick around by putting their hair into that petition paper and placing that petition paper underneath the bed so that they remain in. Let's see if Deacon Millet or Miss Cat have anything further to say. Wow. Well, that well, was so thorough. <laughs> what do you have to say, Deacon Millet? <laughs> I have nothing. I mean, you covered every possible little nook and cranny there, Conjurman. That was amazing. Yeah, this is why they pay him the big bucks, and this is why he doesn't have yep. very many client openings, folks. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was so good. That was so good. Beautiful. Now, I, I'm going to say there's really not much more I would add um, to this other than maybe the Archangel Gabriel, who did appear in my cards, uh, and yeah, Shiva, yeah. Shiva, who appeared in Deacon Millet's cards. So Shiva is a phallic god. I I got my husband, when I talk about all the time, my dear Naga Shiva, notice his name is Shiva. Um, he was that way when I met him, by praying to Shiva. Uh, Shiva is a... a you know, male god who's kind of good looking mm-hmm. and and half naked. So I prayed to Shiva. There are other people who would, um, in a more Catholic context, would ask Gabriel to make an announcement of who they should be with. So the only thing I would add to what Contraband had would be perhaps uh, work within whatever religious system is comfortable for you or an eclectic system. After all, I am not a Hindu. I just picked Shiva because he was good looking and I thought I want I want a guy like this guy right? <laughs> and I got one um, so that's my uh, only addition I really do think that you'll be able to do very very well for yourself given this type of work and um, you know when we when we do uh, spell work like this uh, check in with somebody you know you can get a a free reading on this show, or you can call Hoodoo Psychics 
and just ask, you know, how is my spell work going? Describe it to the person and ask them to pull three cards on it. They'll give you an honest answer on how your spell work is going. So good good luck. Okay. <clears throat> There's the Memphis Drug Band telling us that the next thing you will hear will be our network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Deacon Millet of fouraltars.com in the high desert of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Thank you. So, my for you guys tonight is a mirror jar. Um, mirror jars are a form of mirror box spell. I just like doing things in jars. So I decided I'll take a jar and I will cover it with aluminum foil, shiny side in, and um, make a spell out of it. So um, I guess I'll just start with um, what you do in the bottom of the jar. Um, and that is you're gonna you're gonna pour an inch or two of of different powders into the bottom of the jar to give you something to place a candle in because we're using figural candles as doll babies tonight. Um, and I use graveyard dirt and crab shell powder, some sulfur flakes, and um, mix in some either reversing incense or reversing sachet powder, depending on what I have around. Um, I found this in the bag. So, oh, wow. Siri's going to help me out with this spell, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she really wants to talk. Um, so I'm going to use a black devil um, or a black witch candle as the person in my spell and I'm going to baptize it in the name of my enemy, of the person that I want to bind here. So um, I'll say, Putin you are, and Putin you shall be bound in this mirror jar throughout eternity. And then I'll anoint the candle <laughs> with reversing oil, and I'll stroke it away from myself because I want the, this, um, all this bad energy to go away. Um, and... Then I'm going to put it down into the jar firmly into the powders at the bottom so that it will stay. Um, I sprinkle salt and black pepper and red pepper over the oiled spigural candle. And then I light it, and I let it burn until it's below the height of the jar. Oftentimes, it will be standing up above the height of the jar, so you're going to want to burn it down so it fits inside. If it's if it already fits inside, just burn it for a while. Um, and while it's burning, you're going to say, 
all your works will be returned to you. All your words will be returned to you. Um, because the, the purpose of this reversing work is to, to contain and reflect back upon them all the evil that they do. Um, interestingly, I like these kinds of spells because if the person ever decides to do good, it's going to reflect back on them too. They, it, they will be rewarded if they change their ways. So um, it, it's not a standard curse in that way. So after you've burned the candle a little ways down, you're going to screw on the lid, and that will suffocate the flame and hopefully suffocate their ability to do harm. So for a long while when I was doing this spell, I used to then um, kind of coat the top of the, the lid and seal it onto the body with um, roof patching tar and then add black and add black feathers to it. So it's kind of like tarring and feathering the person. And eventually it just got too messy and I don't leave that out. But it's fun to do it once or twice, let me tell you. So take your jar to the graveyard, make an offering, dig a hole for it, and then you're going to turn the jar upside down as you place it into the grave so that you're tumbling the enemy, you're tumbling, coating the powders all over it and turning them upside down, which is part of reversing. Um, and then go ahead and fill in the grave and um, let the, the spirits of the graveyard do the rest of the work. Um, so that's my contribution using, using some figural candles. Um, in this case, the black witch and the black devil candles. Um, and I am looking forward to seeing if you guys have anything to add. That, well, first of all, that's a that's a new one on me. When you told me that one this morning, I was absolutely blown away. That's a really good spell, man. It's really really hot, and yeah. um, I I like it, and I I'm going to recommend it to others as well. And you said a black devil or a black witch. So this is to get rid of some sort of a a person who is cursing or using a, a it's a reversing of a curse. Um, I would, um, as far as some of the um, oils that could be used on a devil candle, um, you would could in, in addition to, not instead of, in addition to reversing oil, you might want to use Run Devil Run. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I will also say that uh, there's a another way you could do this with, with different figural candles. In other words... Mm -hmm. um, anything else that you wanted to work on, whether it was a co-worker or something. It wasn't necessarily a curse, but if it was a gossiping situation, you could adapt this to a a little clothed woman, not a naked person because you never see your co-workers naked, and um, use reversing and, and stop gossip together. So this is a very adaptable spell. It can mm -hmm. be put into yeah. different situations. It's excellent, excellent work. What a great combination of figural work with uh, jar work. I mean, that's such a – and it really goes to show how adaptable this work is, but also how you can combine it all together, right? Jar work and mm -hmm. figural work. I love it, Deacon Millet. Love it. Yeah, it's it's excellent. It's just so good. Um, I, I'm going to um, say that, that 
Every once in a while, I hear this kind of knocks me out. I'm already going, yeah, and then you could, and then you could, because it creates a whole family of spells that really. Um, so what you said about mirror jars, uh, that they're like mirror boxes but in a jar, boy, that's a, that, that's a whole mouthful right there. And uh, <laughs> bears a, bears some thinking. Remember, put the aluminum foil on the outside with the shiny side in to make it a mirror jar. All right. Oh, and one other thing. If you leave a little bit extra of that um, aluminum foil up when you screw the lid down, then you can just close it over the top. Just saying. I like to work neat. All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to... Uh, James, and he's going to give us our announcements, and we're all going to come back and maybe have a couple more words, and then we're going to say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.com in the high deserts of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California on Hexing Evil Spirits. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from faultconjure.com in Western North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at the Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. James, that was a fun call back. Western North Carolina. That's where the old E.T. E. and W.N.C. Railroad went. East Tennessee and Western North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> uh, I sent the whole story back there, kind of like Northern California. Don't ever say other than California. I live in Northern California. I'll bet you Western North Carolina has its own lifestyle, right? <laughs> its own way of being. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. All right, folks, save your shekels. The Lucky Mojo Curio Company wants you to purchase tickets for the 2023 Hoodoo Heritage Festival coming June 10th and 11th. Tickets not on sale yet. Hold your money. Just put it in a little bowl. When the tickets go on sale, you can spend your money. So that was your reminder. Save your money because it's going to be a great festival next June. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.